No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we're going to see that after his brother Esau left him, Jacob settled in Seshem. His daughter Dinah visited the girls of the city, which turned out to be kind of a disaster. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Genesis chapter 34, right here on Simply the Bible. After 20 years of separation, Jacob and his brother Esau reconciled. Then Jacob traveled west to Succoth, but stopped short of entering Canaan. The family must have stayed there for at least eight years because Jacob's oldest son Reuben was now about 12 years old. And when the family moved to Shechem, Reuben and his brothers were probably in their 20s. Jacob was now in Canaan, but he still had not completely obeyed the Lord. God had told him to return to the land of his fathers and to his family, who were 80 miles south in Beersheba. We pick it up in Genesis chapter 34. Now Dinah, the daughter of Leah, whom she had borne to Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. Dinah, who is now a teenager, was born to Leah after she had given birth to her six sons. She stepped out to visit the local girls of Shechem. The Canaanites did not share the same faith as Israel, nor the same values. Did Dinah have Jacob's approval to go do this? We don't know. But as believers, there are some places we just shouldn't go, and especially not alone. And when Shechem, the son of Hamar, the Hivite, prince of the country, saw her, he took her and lay with her and violated her. His soul was strongly attracted to Dinah, the daughter of Jacob, and he loved the young woman and spoke kindly to the young woman. So Shechem spoke to his father Hamor, saying, Get me this young woman as a wife. Shechem, the son of Hamor, was the prince of the city of Shechem. It's confusing, I know. When he saw Dinah, he took her, lay with her, and violated her. The Hebrew word for violated is also translated to afflict or force. The indication is that he raped her. However, his soul was strongly attracted to Dinah. He loved her, spoke kindly to her, and wanted to marry her. However, in my opinion, this was lust rather than love. Because Jacob waited seven years to marry Rachel, and they seemed only like a few days because he loved her, Lust takes what it wants now. Love is willing to wait for the right time in the right way. Shechem spoke to his father Hamor about getting Dinah as his wife. In that culture, the marriages were always arranged by the parents. Hamor already knew Jacob because he had sold him a parcel of land. Verse 5. And Jacob heard that he had defiled Dinah, his daughter, now his sons were with his livestock in the field, so Jacob held his peace until they came. This is every father's worst nightmare. But Jacob holds his peace, waiting for his sons to come in from the field. And the sons of Jacob came in from the field when they heard it. And the men were grieved and very angry because he had done a disgraceful thing in Israel by lying with Jacob's daughter, a thing which ought not to be done. We can understand the reaction of Dinah's brothers. Incidentally, this is the first time that the name Israel is used for the entire family, 
and not just for Jacob. But Hamor spoke with them, saying, The soul of my son Shechem longs for your daughter. Please give her to him as a wife, and make marriages with us. Give your daughters to us, and take our daughters to yourselves. So you shall dwell with us, and the land shall be before you. Dwell and trade in it, and acquire possessions for yourselves in it. Hamor approaches Jacob with the very difficult task of arranging a marriage under these grievous circumstances. It is interesting that Hamor never mentions that Shechem violated Dinah. His appeal is based on Shechem longing for Dinah and how the two communities would mutually benefit by intermarrying. Unbelievers rarely acknowledge their sin. This only emphasizes how different these two peoples were. Then Shechem said to her father and her brothers, Let me find favor in your eyes, and whatever you say to me I will give. Ask me ever so much dowry and gift, and I will give according to what you say to me, but give me the young woman as a wife. To Shechem's credit, he's willing for them to name the price of the dowry rather than offering the standard bride price. He really wanted to marry Dinah. From Jacob's perspective, this is a very difficult problem. On the one hand, what Shechem has done to Dinah is very wrong, and she is no longer a virgin. She is now defiled, and it will be very difficult to marry her to another. On the other hand, Shechem loves her and wants to marry her and make things right. But to intermarry with the Canaanites is dangerous. How can Israel be a people governed by God if they intermarry with unbelievers? What would you do? Verse 13, But the sons of Jacob answered Shechem and Hamor his father and spoke deceitfully, because he had defiled Dinah their sister. And they said to them, We cannot do this thing, to give our sister to one who is uncircumcised, for that would be a reproach to us. But on this condition we will consent to you. If you will become as we are, if every male of you is circumcised, then we will give our daughters to you, and we will take your daughters to us, and we will dwell with you, and we will become one people. But if you will not heed us and be circumcised, then we will take our daughter and be gone. It is curious that Dinah's brothers take the upper hand in these negotiations and make such promises on their own. Isn't this Jacob's responsibility? Perhaps this indicates that because Jacob favored Rachel, he had somewhat abdicated his role as Dinah's father and yielded to her brothers. But Jacob's sons are speaking deceitfully. Three decades earlier, Jacob deceived his father Isaac, and now his sons are deceiving him as well as all the men of Shechem. On the surface, they make circumcision of the males the condition of accepting the marriage proposal. But this is merely a ploy. Their grief and anger turns to hatred and murder. Why don't they rebuke Shechem for what he did to their sister? Instead, everything they say is a sham to take revenge. Understandably, they are angry that Shechem defiled Dinah, but then they defile the sacred act of circumcision. God gave circumcision to Abraham. Abraham believed God, and God accounted this to him as righteousness and promised to bless him. Circumcision was the sign of that covenant, an outer testimony of the inner faith. 
Jacob's sons, take this sacred rite and make it a badge that unbelievers can wear without any heart change. They exploit God's holy covenant for their own wicked scheme. In a sense, we do the same thing when we demand outward conformity without an inward change of heart. Sometimes, in our zeal to see a person become a Christian, we focus on the externals. Go to church, repeat a sinner's prayer, get baptized, read your Bible. These are all good things, but they don't save you. Only genuinely turning from your sins and believing in Jesus Christ saves you. Verse 18, And their words pleased Hamor and Shechem, Hamor's son. So the young man did not delay to do the thing, because he delighted in Jacob's daughter. He was more honorable than all the household of his father. Hamor and Shechem are pleased with these terms. They trust the sons of Jacob and act speedily. Shechem is circumcised because of his great desire to marry Dinah. And Hamor and Shechem, his son, came to the gate of their city and spoke with the men of their city, saying, These men are at peace with us. Therefore, let them dwell in the land and trade in it. For indeed, the land is large enough for them. Let us take their daughters to us as wives and let us give them our daughters. Only on this condition will the men consent to dwell with us to be one people if every male among us is circumcised as they are circumcised. Will not their livestock, their property, and every animal of theirs be ours? Only let us consent to them and they will dwell with us. And all who went out of the gate of his city heeded Hamor and Shechem, his son. Every male was circumcised, all who went out of the gate of his city. Hamor and Shechem waste no time in meeting with the men of the city and selling them on the idea. Their appeal is purely material. If they are all circumcised, they say, then Israel's daughters, livestock, property, and animals will be theirs. The men of Shechem are persuaded and agree to be circumcised. However, this has no spiritual value, for there's no repentance from sin and no belief in the God of Jacob. Verse 25. Now it came to pass on the third day when they were in pain that two of the sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brothers, each took his sword and came boldly upon the city and killed all the males. Then they killed Hamor and Shechem, his son, with the edge of the sword, and took Dinah from Shechem's house, and went out. The sons of Jacob came upon the slain and plundered the city, because their sister had been defiled. They took their sheep, their oxen, and their donkeys, what was in the city and what was in the field, and all their wealth, all their little ones and their wives, they took captive, and they plundered even all that was in the houses." Such deception and brutality is inexcusable. Simeon and Levi came upon all the men of the city in cold blood. They took Dinah from Shechem's house, who must have been horrified by their actions. Then all Jacob's sons plundered the city and took all their wealth, women, and children. This they did under the guise of a peace treaty and the sacred covenant of circumcision. Now they had done a disgraceful thing in Israel, a thing which ought not to be done. Then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, You have troubled me by making me obnoxious among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and the Perizzites, 
And since I am few in number, they will gather themselves together against me and kill me. I shall be destroyed, my household and I. But they said, should he treat our sister like a harlot? Jacob is horrified. His first thought is that Simeon and Levi have ruined his reputation, made him a stench to the Canaanites, and probably brought destruction upon the entire family. Sadly, Jacob seems more concerned about the consequences of their actions than the wickedness of them. Simeon and Levi callously reply, should he treat our sister like a harlot? But their reprisal was not just. Only a bloodthirsty act of revenge and greed. Jacob does nothing to discipline them now, but he never forgets this incident. And on his deathbed, he will deal with them. The Dinah disaster is a tragic illustration of the high cost of disobedience. Had Jacob been completely obedient to the Lord to begin with and returned to his family in Beersheba, none of this would have happened. If Jacob was truly honest with himself, then he had to place at least some of the blame at his own door. What tangled webs we weave when the word we do not heed. It is easy for us to think that we know better than God or to make little compromises, but this removes us from the blessed protection and provision that exists when we're in the center of God's will. If God has told you to do something, then save yourself a lot of trouble. Just do it. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 10.30 at Pepper Ridge Elementary School in Boise. To listen to any of Pastor Darrell's teachings or to find out more about the church, just go by their website. It's at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. We'd love to hear from you. Now, next week, we're going to see that after the disaster in Seshem, God spoke to Jacob and told him to return to Bethel, where he first anointed the pillar and made a vow to use the Lord. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Genesis on Simply the Bible.